Hello, beautiful. I'm your host and mindset coach, Samantha Roberto, and I want to thank you for joining this conversation. We are a space of women empowering women, and each week we feature an empowered woman's vulnerable story because we believe it's important to have these conversations so that we can learn and grow from one another. So go subscribe to get your weekly dose of inspiration. You guys, this past week has been insane. (laughs) Honest to God, it is wild. If you could see where I am recording this right now, I am currently in a little closet surrounded by pillows, trying to get the best audio possible in my makeshift studio and basically just doing the best I can with what I have. And I'm really, really excited about this week's episode. We've got an incredible guest, one of my personal mentors with podcasting. And the episode is so fitting because we talk about the podcasting journey. We talk about creativity. We talk about, you know, living in flow and being an artist in life. And I really, as I sit here and record this in this moment, I've never felt more like an artist in life than I do now. So before we jump into this week's episode, which you guys are going to love, let me give you a quick update because, (laughs) like I said, it is real. So for those of you guys that don't know and who are new to the channel, I had been separated by my boyfriend for six months by a closed border. Three weeks ago, he tried to come up to Canada, was denied and deported back to the States where he and I had to come up with a plan B as to what we were going to do, where we were going to go, how we were going to see each other because let's be honest, the borders really aren't going to be opening up anytime soon. So what we did is that we knew that, one, we didn't want to go back to the States just with the political climate there, with the way that things are spreading with coronavirus, just everything about being in the U.S. just didn't feel right. So we knew we had to look at other options. He wasn't able to come to Canada. That was off the table. So essentially, we looked and had to bring to the drawing map the countries in the world that were actually accepting Americans and then work backwards from there. So we looked at you know, the healthcare systems, we looked at the climate, we looked at the coronavirus cases, we looked at their hospital systems, and basically ciphered it down that way. And we decided to come to a little island in the Caribbean. So I'm actually recording this from the island of Grenada. We have landed in Grenada. And for you guys who aren't sure where it is, definitely go Google it right now. It's this little tropical paradise that feels like a slice of heaven on earth. I had no idea how beautiful and how lush this island is. It's just the minute I got off the plane arriving here, I felt like I was just exactly where I was supposed to be. So Grenada is a little island off the coast of Venezuela. It's one of the Southern Caribbean islands, and it really is a more authentic, a little bit more remote place. And I'm actually recording this in a two-week quarantine. So their regulations for anybody coming in are extremely, extremely strict. So let me take you back a little bit. Our game plan, Simon was supposed to fly to Toronto. He wasn't actually going to cross the border, but he was just going to land in the airport, stay on the international travel side where I was going to meet him. And then we had a plan to fly to Barbados together and from Barbados fly to Grenada together. So... <laughs> There's a couple plot twists in this, so you got to stay with me. So the day that he was supposed to fly into Toronto, 
they actually didn't let him board the plane. Long story short, because he had been denied a couple weeks prior, they wouldn't actually let him fly into Canada, but they didn't understand that he was just flying in to fly out. So it was actually miscommunication and um, on Air Canada's part, unfortunately, but he wasn't able to fly there. So there I was in Toronto. I was supposed to meet him after six months of not seeing my man. And at the last minute, I found out that he wasn't coming and that I was going to have to fly to Barbados and Grenada solo. So as you can imagine, like I went through all of the emotions. I was really, really frustrated, really, really angry, a bit overwhelmed because you have to remember that, you know, the global travel at this point is restricted. People really aren't traveling and we had a plan. We were going to do this together. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, I'm going and doing this whole travel solo. So I was a bit annoyed, but I went through it. I landed in Barbados. I was really, really impressed. Barbados was so organized and so smooth all the way through. Had to get tested again for coronavirus in Barbados. And then they had like a waiting room for all of the passengers in transit where they offered you a free meal. Everything was really organized. And I felt really, really safe. It was actually really nice to see because you almost didn't know what to expect. I had been staying put back home in Thunder Bay for the past six months and traveling like I just mentioned, and like you guys all know, is sort of a bit of a not taboo thing, but it's it's not the most recommended thing right now. I mean, in our case, it was the option that made the most sense. So I was really, really happy to see the organization in Barbados. And a couple hours later, they called the people who were on the flight to Grenada, the little flight to Grenada, which is an important detail. Let me add that. And we went on the flight. We flew about 40 minutes and then we landed in Grenada and I came to our stunning Airbnb. Honestly, you guys, if you want to check out the Airbnb, definitely follow me on Instagram because I am posting a lot of clips there. It's Samantha Roberto. So all is well. I made it. It was smooth travel. As soon as I got to Grenada, it was like getting off of the plane, the smell, the air, the energy, everything. The island felt like the biggest tropical hug, (laughs) which is exactly what my soul had needed. And I felt all of my stress just like melting away or any of the stress I had built up from, you know, flying solo, from being away from him for six months, from just the anxiety of traveling during this time. I know I made the right decision. Got to my Airbnb, totally set. I was super grateful and happy to be here. We have our host here is doing all our grocery shopping and everything is really, really organized. So the next morning I woke up and I'm having my morning coffee and all of a sudden my host calls me and she says, just so you know, the Ministry of Health just called. And I said, oh, okay. And she says, you're going to have to quarantine longer. I said, oh, okay, sure. You know, no problem. I mean, I'm basically just working 24-7 from here and I have a beautiful view. I'm fine. And she says, we haven't had any cases in Grenada for the past three months since June. They've only had 24 cases in the whole country this entire pandemic, but Somebody on your flight coming from Barbados to Grenada tested positive. So you're going to have to stay in quarantine and in five days, they're going to come test you. And immediately my heart sunk into my stomach. It was just like, what? After all of this, are you kidding me? And by that point, Simon had rescheduled his flight. He was supposed to be coming two days later. So he was coming on Sunday. This is only a couple of days ago. We've only been here for five or six days now. And 
you know, I had felt so safe in my little Canadian city where there was really no cases. I felt pretty safe overall with the travel because I had been, you know, cautious, you know, as I made my travels and everything was just so organized on the travels. They've had no cases here for months. And now by chance, by fluke, the one little plane, like I said, it was a little plane that I was on. Somebody had tested positive in Barbados. So that was just another plot twist in this whole thing. Um, Simon and I had to sort of go back to the drawing board and make a decision whether or not, you know, we were going to be able to quarantine together, whether they would even allow it. And then when we quarantined, whether or not, you know, how we were going to approach it with each other. And since he had TB before and he's been very cautious, you know, we decided we wanted to be as safe as possible. So when he came on Sunday, and actually I also, again, posted this in my Instagram stories, he came after not seeing each other for six months. We both have to have our masks on and we both stayed six feet apart from each other. So it was the most weird and awkward moment <laughs> that I've had in a really, really long time to see my partner who you've been away from for that long. And all you want to do is sort of hug the person and be with the person and touch the person and just like, you know, just embrace the person. All of a sudden, there we were standing like two grade sevens. Like it reminded me of junior high school dances when the boys would be on one side, the girls on the other side, and you like each other, but there's this awkward space in between and you don't know what to do or how to navigate it. That's basically what we were in. So we're just this bizarre twilight zone reality where a year ago, if you would have told me that any of this was going to happen, I wouldn't have believed you. But you know what? We're managing. We are social distancing within this space. And I know quite a few of you actually sent me DMs on Instagram or commented and was like, why don't you guys just see each other? Like, what's going on? And that's the reason. So we're just being extra precautious. That said, my temperature has been totally fine up to this point. Today, I was actually retested again. And for anybody who has had the coronavirus test, you know just how uncomfortable it is. So I've had three tests in the past week of my life. So it's been an interesting experience. Um, but that said, you got to do what you got to do. And it is what it is. So in the next day or two, hopefully I get the test result back as negative and then we will be able to, you know, just at least enjoy this space together and at least give each other a hug or, you know, like to see each other after the six months of being apart. It's honestly crazy. So that is my update. I am spending the next couple of weeks, months in Grenada, living the island life and the one thing I'm just so grateful about this is just the fact that I've built an online business, the fact that I have the podcast that I can do from anywhere. I am so grateful looking back at my past self that I took the leaps of faith that it took towards being on this creative path and stepping on this creative journey. Even though at the time when I started, I had no idea what the outcome was really going to look like. I just trusted my intuition and took the next best step. So for any of you guys that have that calling inside of you and know that you want to do something different, know that you're not totally fulfilled with where you are in your life, I encourage you to listen to that little voice. I encourage you to listen to your intuition and I encourage you to explore what your next best step may look like because you don't know where that's going to lead. And it really is action brings clarity. As you take action on the things that make the most sense, 
you get more crystal clear as to the path that you're meant to take. And now in this position, looking back and being able to work from paradise, I am so freaking proud of the girl who took that leap of faith and who had the courage to follow these breadcrumbs because this allowed me to sort of be in this moment. So for anybody who is, you know, feeling that call, I mean, the fact that you're listening to this podcast right now already shows me that you are invested in your personal development. It is showing me that you are investing your time into up-leveling your life through learning through these different stories. Stay tuned because I am just about ready to launch my next coaching program and it's going to be unbelievable. The clients that I've been working with had such huge transformation and I'm just so excited in the next couple of weeks now that I'm grounded here to be able to offer it to more of you guys who are ready to take the big leap. So on that note, (laughs) there's my little update. I am so excited about this week's guest. We have got Katie Daleboat, who, as I mentioned, was one of my personal mentors in launching the podcast, which I explain in the episode, which we talk about. But Katie is such a creative being. She is a podcaster, she is a writer, and she's the founder of the Let It Out community. And when I look at Katie's feed or anytime I've connected with her, I just feel so much artistic, creative energy that comes from her work and everything that she puts out into the world. So she and I dive into creativity, what it means to be creative, how to access flow and the difference between masculine and feminine side. Um, We talk about being a life artist, which is a term that I absolutely love, and how to tap into your creativity. So I'm really excited to share this episode. I feel like there's just so many things that intertwining themes from our conversation. I mean, one, as you hear, her course was actually a big piece of me launching this podcast and At the time that we recorded this episode, I was back in my comfortable hometown of Thunder Bay and I had no clue where I was going to end up, but I just sort of flowed through life and ended up on this tropical island in Grenada. And Grenada actually really reminds me of Bali, which Katie explains for her was sort of this place to be, um, sort of like an incubator of honing in on the feminine energy and just being and how nourishing those type of experiences are for the creative path. So it's funny the way life works when you surrender and learn how to dance between the masculine and feminine, it really does flow and in a beautiful way, even when it doesn't feel like it's working out. So even when Simon got denied and deported back to the States, at the time it was frustrating and overwhelming and it was like we had no clue what was going to happen, but the universe had a bigger and better plan. So on that note, I'm really excited to jump into this week's episode. So let's get to it. Katie, I'm so excited for you to be here. I just want to thank you for coming onto my podcast because you are actually a big reason as to why we are here right now. That's so nice. I'm so grateful. And it's my favorite thing to guest on podcasts of people who have been through my podcasting workshop. It's really cool. And I, I want to hear what it was like for you. And it means so much that you were in it. And then I'm so excited and, and proud 
to see you actually make a podcast and one that's so great and seems like you're really liking it and you're so organized and that's wonderful. Well, thank you. I'm somewhat of a newbie. I just celebrated my one-year anniversary, so it's official. I've stuck through it for a year, and you've been podcasting for like 10 years. You know, you've got a lot of experience in this regard, and um, to tell you about your course, okay, so I've got a story for you. I guess we'll kick off with the story because it's that amazing. Okay, so to tell you about my podcasting journey, it started when I was actually working in real estate. I was I used to be a realtor and I was selling a private house. And when I was talking to the seller, we we're just in deep conversation. And she said to me, you need to start a podcast. And as soon as those words came out of her mouth, I was just like, it aligned. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're right. Yes, I do. So I went back home. I Googled, number one, how to start a podcast. Number two, yeah. no, number one, what is a podcast? Number two, how to start a podcast. So I I didn't know what podcasting was, had no clue of the journey. I was just like, I have no clue. So that was October of 2018. Then fast forward, I think it was April of 2019 when I was in your class. I was just like, okay, there's so many technical things. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. I heard about this amazing course because a friend of mine had recommended it. And so I'm like, I'm going to just register and go. So I registered in your course with the energy of, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick with it. And as it often happens, I was super eager in the beginning and like about the halfway, maybe about three quarters in, I kind of fell off and it was more the fear of actually launching and doing it kind of crept up and totally stopped me. So I sort of fell off the being a keener student, like staying on top of it. And then one day I was about to fly from Thunder Bay to LA to go visit my partner and I had a little reminder in my phone pop up and I'm like, oh, what do I have to do? And I looked And it was a 24-hour reminder to your podcast competition, the contest that you hold with your course. Yeah. Every semester, I choose one episode that people made in that semester to air on my podcast, which is called Let It Out, that I've been doing for almost eight years. So it must have been the reminder for that. So the reminder popped up and I'm like, oh, shoot. And I remember when I had invested in your course, I'm like, no matter what, Like I'm going to go in this, but no matter what, I'm going to be submitting something. So thank you for having that contest because within 24 hours, I got my butt into gear. It pushed me past all of that like fear of failure, fear of not being able to do it, fear of like overwhelm, recorded, edited, launched, did my cover thing in 24 hours. And by like the next day, submitted Hello Beautiful to you. And the next day I launched. That's so cool. I love that story. And I love that that deadline is useful. And that's why I do the contest. It's so people have a deadline because without a deadline, I don't really do anything. So that is so cool that that was helpful to you. It was huge. And to have that, it's like that was actually the catalyst. So I often say like it was this catalyst moment. It was your contest that actually like sort of birthed, like help me get this out to the world and overcome so many fears. So thank you so much for doing that. That's great. I love that so much. That's so, that's so cool. So you've been podcasting, like you said, for almost 10 years. What has been your biggest podcasting growth edge that you've had throughout this experience? You've done the course and you know this, but I always say this about podcasting. It's the best thing that I've ever done. You know, it, it really did it's so cliche to say it changed my life, but it did because I started doing it on a whim and had someone, um, we have the video on and I never have the video on when I'm recording. So I'm like very aware of myself and I didn't know. So I'm like, keep looking at myself. Um, it has given me, I always say I have a face for podcasting. So this is why I'm like 
feel strange. Um, but yeah, I mean, podcasting made my world bigger, you know, like, and not even just my podcast, but by being a podcast consumer, I am aware of so many more things than I would have been. I'm an auditory learner and I read, but not very fast or much um, more now. <laughs> but I think I've just taken in so much more content and information and have been introduced to so many different people through both being a consumer and a producer of a podcast. And having started when I did in early 2013, podcasting was not at all what it is today. And I'm grateful that I started it then because it allowed me to now I have a body of work. Like now I have an archive over 300 episodes. And so I'm so happy you started that day because, you know, my, my friend Kelsey says this thing, clarity comes with action. Mm-hmm. So like, if you don't know exactly what you're doing just by taking action and just by starting, you'll ideate, you'll change, you'll fail, you'll succeed, you'll grow. And that is what's happened on the podcast. You know, I, I had an interview recently that hasn't aired yet that was just kind of meh, like it wasn't great. And the guest, me, whatever. Um, And it wasn't that it like wasn't, it's not a big deal, but I just, I know when it's great. Yeah. And so I think it's just like, that's such a great example of like, that's part of it, you know, like in any sort of creative project or any sort of um, anything in life, right? It's like you, some, you're going to knock it out of the park and other ones you're going to be like, that wasn't great. But if you, have a bigger sample size, you're like more likely to get more good ones, you know? Yeah. And so that's kind of what I, what I say about the podcast is like, I've just kept going and I'm pretty disciplined. And, um, I think that we're always in process and the podcast is still in process. And sometimes I'm like, Oh man, I can't believe I'm doing this. I got to do this again. And you know, there are people who like far exceed me who started way after me. And I, like everybody has a podcast now. And I, I almost like get embarrassed about it sometimes. Mm. Of like, I never say I'm a podcaster. Like when people ask what I do, I always say I'm a writer, which is true. I write. But if I'm honest, the main thing I do is podcast. Like that's where I make money. I help other people start podcasts as we spoke about you know, I, I did write a book and I do write personal lessons and like, I do that too. Yeah. And I'm one of the people who does a lot of things. That's what I usually say. I'm like, Oh, I'm one of those people who does a lot of things. I write and podcast, you know, but I, I never lead with like, I'm a podcaster, even though I do that more than I write, you know? <laughs> um, but I feel, I feel silly saying that because when I started, it wasn't like this, but now I, I feel like podcasting is what blogging was maybe 10 years ago where like, Everybody has a blog. Everybody's brother has a blog. Or not now, but like back then, it was like your chiropractor has a blog. Like you're, you know, it's like... It's like the next best thing. But I I never lead with like, I'm a podcaster, even though I do that more than I write. And that's all true and that's all fine. But I didn't want to say that I was like a careerist podcaster because there was like some sort of imposter syndrome, shame, weirdness with that. But, you know, it's one of the main things I do. And I think talking about how to articulate what we do is a whole separate conversation that I'm trying to sort out, but it's the best podcasting. I, my whole thing with the workshop is that I believe that anybody who wants to have a podcast should be able to have a podcast. And the things that hold people back are procrastination and not like the deadline. That's why I have that. And also like, there's so many steps to it and aspects of it that 
I get really overwhelmed when there's a lot to do or I don't know how to do something and I give up really easily. Like if I want to watch TV and I can't find the remote, I'll just let be like, all right, well, that's that. You know, I won't like look for it. And so <laughs> with podcasting, it was the same thing. Like I wanted to start a podcast because I wanted to interview people. That was it. I didn't care about production or editing or figuring out technology or microphones or fitting into iTunes. I didn't want to do any of that. And so someone did it for me, my boyfriend, when I was 22, you know, and I'm so grateful for him. He was my podcast advisor. And so I started podcast advising other people. um, And then I ended up making a workshop about it because I did have to figure out how to do all that stuff eventually when he wasn't doing it for me anymore. And it wasn't that bad, but, you know, it's easy to give up when you, when it feels insurmountable. So I break it down into steps and help people because a lot of people just want to do the fun part. Or to me, what is the fun part, which is the interview. Totally. And I mean, there's so much growth in all of the parts. Like behind the scenes, like listening right now, listening to the podcast, before going through the process of creating it, I would have had no clue of like the million things that go behind this right here, right? It's like, oh, don't you just record and put it on? But really, there's so many technical things that could overwhelm and stop you. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts that people don't see. It's definitely worth a journey. The one thing you mentioned there was creativity. And one thing for you that I have to say, and I think it's one of the things that I was drawn to with you is that even in your website, even in your Instagram, like you guys have to check her out. There's so much creativity that just comes through all of your pages. It really is felt. So you almost feel like it's a true artist. You're following your way. You speak about what's true to your core. What does creativity mean to you? Mm. Well, first of all, thank you. That's so nice. Um, Creativity is really like, I'm glad you picked up on that. It's like really the main through line in my work. Like I think it's a creative process to start a podcast, to write something, to make an Instagram post, to be in a relationship, to move, to travel. Like living life creatively is like living life mindfully. It's making choices and understanding why you're making them and slowing down enough to be curious about why you're making them and not just moving through the motions like that is creativity to me. There's these really great creativity rules that sister Karina Kent, um, who was an art teacher at this art school in California. And I posted them on my Instagram before, maybe you can share them, but it's like 10 rules that were the art department rules at the time. And and someone I worked with named Marley Grace, who's been a guest on my podcast and I worked with as a creative advisor years ago, showed them to me for the first time. And these rules I think of often, I don't even remember all of them off the top of my head, but one of them is always be around. Mm. And I always like that. It's just like, sometimes creativity can happen when you follow your intuition and you're just around. And I'm in this situation right now where like I'm living in this place and I really like it and it's a lot of fun and I'm around people and it's different than what I've been used to in so many ways, but really good for me. And when I first got here, I realized the contrast of like, I was so controlling and rigid and focused on work and focused on this like one track way of being. Um, And I stopped that to be around, you know, Mm -hmm. and a lot of magic and creativity has kind of come of that. Um, Not necessarily like creativity, like in my work, just like a lot of self awareness, (laughs) a lot of Mm -hmm. 
fun, magical things, a lot of like feelings, um, Mm -hmm. good and bad, like so much happens with that. And I would have missed all of that if I was like, but I got to get my emails done and I got to do this and I got to do that. Um, and, And the reason I was able to do that is because I did spend the prior three months like really kind of working and zoned in. So I think it's like push and pull. It's like masculine and feminine. It's like rest and be present and kind of go. But I think for those of us who have a tendency towards one or the other, just like being aware of that and and living a creative life is being present, being mindful, noticing what's going on around you and noticing when you're taking in, which is like the feminine, the like always being around. And then the masculine is like the output when you're like in your, in your zone, you know? And so, yeah, it's seasonal, I think. And it's totally, yeah, totally. I totally agree. It's a delicate dance, the masculine, the feminine, you know, just balancing the, the doing and the being and the creating and the, you know, exploring. And it's a fun place to be. Like when you look at life sort of from that artistic frame, you know, it really is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I, I think about that concept a lot of like being a life artist. I, I'm, I'm running this. I'm just starting. If you want to join, you would probably really like it. I'm doing this thing called Creative Underdogs in the fall. And I'm calling it like a creative co-working space where it's a community around creativity because of that exact thing of like, I know people in my life who I call life artists. And I got that term it's probably not from this, but I heard it first in this documentary I saw about Leonard Cohen and his muse, Marianne. And she was a real life artist, you know? She like had mm. a kid and lived in Greece and then was here and painted and wrote and did all these things and cooked. And just the way she lived her life was such a work of art. And mm. at that time, I when I saw that movie at the Angelica in New York, I was like, rushing around and had my backpack and was like trying to write an essay and do the thing and like just not there ever. And I went to the movie with a friend of mine who is a mom and like also is a chef and also is a writer and also does this other thing. And she just like kind of like moved through life beautifully and like everything was kind of chill and she wasn't controlling and it was just like flowing. And I was like, I need to move more that way. And I know some people my really dear friend Sasha gets really overwhelmed like I do and does so many different things. And we had had a conversation about this and she was in a group for creativity where like there was accountability and there was structure, but it also was flowing. And that's what felt best to me of like that balance between control and Mm -hmm. production and Mm -hmm flow. And so I'm always trying to move. That's living a creative life. It's like being a life artist and moving between modes. Yeah. Well, we were talking earlier, you know, before jumping on this and earlier this year, you, you went and spent a month in Bali and Mm -hmm. that's sort of like a little bit of surrendering and going into the being and just being in a place like Ubud, which is just magical and letting life sort of, you know, unfold. Yeah. I mean, I, to, to back up for people, I'm keep calling this like my eat, pray, love traveling adventure that like never ended and ended with a pandemic, you know, Um, (laughs) instead of falling in love at the end, I just like got a pandemic. Um, But basically I had like a breakup that taught me a lot in 2019. And then I moved out of my place and went to Europe for a month. And then I came back to New York after a little bit over a month and I put my stuff in my best friend's place. And my best friend was like, I, I was trying to like find an apartment and I was like, Oh, I think I want to be in your neighborhood near you. And she was like, okay, cool. Um, 
And I was like, but I'm really sad to be back. <laughs> like, I wish I was still traveling. And she, this is, seems so odd now, but in 2019, this was normal. And she was like, why don't you just keep traveling? Like, you can do your work from anywhere. Like, you can keep your stuff here, which is super nice. Um, she's like, just keep doing that. And I was like, huh, maybe I will. So after a couple months in New York, I was like, I'm going to miss the winter in New York at least. And then I'll probably just move back. But I went to Bali for January and then Australia for February. And then I was spend March and April in LA and go back to New York. But now I'm just moving here. But that time in Bali was a big incubator. I had just come off of like, go, 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 go for a year of just kind of like heightened, like so much change and so many moves and so much like heartbreak and feelings and both of my grandparents died and I had this mm. breakup and it was just a year of a lot. Yeah. Bali the day after the new year. And I was so far away from home and everyone I knew was sleeping while I was awake. And there was something really, it was kind of like a pre quarantine because I had to learn to be with myself. And I had spent the previous year with people all the time as my main coping mechanism to not have to feel my feelings. I was just like, it's really easy to do that in New York City. And so I was just like going to everything and saying yes to everyone and working a lot and I'm kind of nothing, taking a lot of classes. And then in Bali, I just like sat and I'm so happy for that time. I got a lot of massages and, you know, it was just totally nice. the massages there are like the $9 massages are the best. <laughs> yeah, it was like a very cozy womb to kind of incubate. I needed that because it was so shaky. And then I went to Australia and I was very much around people. And then I came here and it was a, it was a pandemic and really cold and rainy in LA early on, which you probably remember. Um, and it was such, so jarring coming from this like creative womb of like, I'm touched all the time and I'm with people to like, I'm so alone and I have no idea what's happening. But I was so happy I had that time in Bali because I was able to be like, okay, but I can sit with this. It's not as comfortable as it was there. But I can do it. You know, I was actually meant to go back to Bali after Australia. And then much like you, I was like, I should probably get back to my homeland. Um, because I was meant to go to Bali and had to cancel that. I like tried to do that as much as I could when I got here. And do that, I mean, like, I wanted to incubate and rest and spend time alone and write and do these things. And you can do that anywhere. You know, you don't need it to be a beautiful utopia of a place. Totally. That was actually one of my big life lessons was that because travel was a huge part of my personal story as well. I would, you know, go traveling all over the world. And then I'd come back home and I found I had this anxiety creep up yeah. of like wanting to go and have the experience of being in Bali or being here. Like I felt these highs there and I'd come back home and I'd be like overwhelmed. But through my journaling practices, I realized that the feeling that you have, the incubated womb-like safety that you have in, in Bali like that's within you, like you can get that anywhere, but it's up to you to sit with the uncomfortable sensations, uncomfortable emotions, and just be with it until it becomes, you know, okay. Yeah, because on the other side of that, on the other side of the uncomfortable stuff is progress is all the other stuff, but you have to sit and you have to feel it and you have to cry and you have to like, and we don't want to do that, right? We want to turn to going to another place, planning another trip, working, getting a snack, getting another snack, controlling your food, turning to drugs or people or your phone, you know? And I've done all of that and I do all of that all the time. But <laughs> it's when you can sit with it and sometimes you're forced to. Sometimes it just 
bubbles up and you have to feel it. Totally. Well, one thing I want to talk about, you're an educator too. You share so much of your wisdom and knowledge and experience. And like I mentioned, that's how I got here. But I was looking through your site and you've got a bunch of different kits going on. So tell us about your kits. Yeah. So like, as you know, I started this podcast in 2013 and I wrote a book about journaling soon after that. It came out in 2016 called Let It Out. Journaling has been such a useful tool for me to develop self-awareness. I didn't really know who I was until I started writing. And it became a way for me to understand how I related with other people, understand my heart and relationships, understand where I was holding back. I, I was able to be real for the first time with myself and then bring that authenticity to other modalities like therapy and coaching and also my relationships with people I knew or that I was in community with. And I started recommending it to other people and I read a book about it. And, um, you know, I'm not an expert in it. I'm just someone who gets a lot of use out of it. And it's not something, what I love about journaling is like, no one owns it. It's free. It's accessible. You can do it anytime, anywhere. So, and you don't need a guide. You don't need me. However, sometimes it's nice to have prompts that take you and guide you into different pockets of your mind that you might not previously explore that might have cobwebs. And so, you know, I wrote this book of 55 prompts with that. I wrote that book when I was 24 and wow. I was 26, you know, so it's like, it, it, it's been a while. I, I turned 30 a couple months ago. And so now I, I wanted to do more with journaling. I wanted to make more things and separately the podcast was was still going the podcast is really around this concept of t letting out soft stories so i believe what we hold on to shame um fear hurts us right and if we let it out to someone safe or at least to ourselves there's freedom there right it's like mm -hmm. trying to push down a beach ball in the water it takes so much energy but if you just let it out there's not a splash it's not a big thing it just comes out and you're not holding that. So that's the concept of journaling. And for me, and that is the concept of the podcast of like, I would have these vulnerable conversations with people where they would tell their soft stories or like tender, loving stories. And I believe when we do that, it connects us with each other and makes mm -hmm. the world feel better. So, and it allows you to get to know each other, which allows for intimacy. So I wanted to create a magazine around that. I wanted to create a community and a magazine where there were people sharing soft stories and there were events and there, it was like this whole big thing. And so I tried to do that. And I really, this was kind of the time where I was like running around doing a million things in New York and I had hired this agency and it had been this whole thing. And I made this beautiful magazine website for it. And it was like, it still is, exists now. There's just not that much content on it other than my podcast. And then halfway through that project, I was like, I don't think I can fund a magazine at the level that I want to do this. Um, but I still want to do my podcast. Maybe I'll make a podcast network, but it was too late to really like change shape of what I was doing. So I started a second podcast called Spiraling under the Let It Out umbrella, which is a mental health podcast about anxiety, which is essentially about sharing soft stories um, that I co-host with a previous podcast guest, Serena Wolf. And, you know, at that time, I really didn't know what I was going to do, but I, I launched the magazine like with not really much content, but I had to do it. Like the launch party was planned and we like had this big party in the roof and it was the whole thing. I didn't know what I was going to do or how I was going to fund it or what was going to happen. So I just went to Europe for a month um, and I was like, I'll figure it out. And then I came back and I had an idea for these kits, 
where um, a lot of the content that I wanted to put in the magazine behind a paywall in a way that made sense. So it's a way for me to take journaling prompts and ideas and things I'm learning and, and other people and interviews and put them into these curated themed kits. So I did one on breakups, um, two on breakups, actually, um, the soothe kit and the solve kit, because I believe after a breakup, you're so tender and raw that first you just have to soothe yourself. And so it's very simple and it's 10 days and it's like one song to listen to, one action to take, one journaling prompt, one thing to do. And that's it. And then there's the solve kit, which I believe that after you soothe, then you can solve. And that is actually looking at the relationship and your role in it and mining it for gems of how you can move on and grow and change. And I made that when I was in Bali and it's this long, you know, eight weeks sort of a process. And it has all of those other things too, music and songs and ideas and lots to read and lots of resources and interviews. So that's one kit. And then I made a write kit, which is really about writing, both writing for emotional wellness, journaling with prompts about relationships and organization and creativity And everything that I've learned since my book came out, really, with prompts. Mm -hmm. Um, And then it also has an aspect of writing to share. So I have an interview with um, a friend of mine who's an amazing writer and, um, you know, went to grad school for creative writing. And we talk about pitching and publishing. And I give a lot of resources around that. So because I believe it's also cathartic to share your writing, not necessarily all the time, but sometimes to share with someone safe or even publish in some way. So that's part of that. And then I'm going to roll out other kids too. I'm going to do one called body because body image has been like biggest sword in my spine. I'm not, I haven't even started that one yet, but I will do that. I'm doing one called mm-hmm. pivot because I think we're all in a big pivot right now and we're all changing. Um, mm-hmm. These will all be available and people can get it at any time. They're all self-study and really simple. And then we obviously have the podcast kit, which you did. So I, t- I took, it used to be called Let a Podcast Out, but I'm making it called the podcast kit and people can get it. And, and now we're, we're actually like breaking it up a little bit where people can just get the interview part if they just want that, or they can just get marketing and monetizing if they already have a podcast and they just want that aspect of it. Or if like you, they're starting from scratch, then I recommend just getting it all. Do um, the whole thing. So yeah. And then um, I'm going to do another kit called talk so about connection and intimacy and relationships um so anyway they're they're being made and then they all kind of go under the umbrella of creativity and what connects us so you know creative underdogs that i'm launching this fall is really about that it's about creating community those are all self-study and creative underdogs is about creating community around these topics and around creating a life that you feel like a life artist that you feel like you can manage in this really beautiful way I love it. I love all of this. And the fact that you've got so many creative things on the go and that you're a bridge to help other people step on their path. Katie, I really honor that for you. You are like a podcasting queen. (laughs) It's so funny because as you said before, like you're shy to say like a podcaster. I almost feel like sometimes it's almost like a thing of, of not feeling safe being fully seen. Like that is who you truly are in there. It's like this podcaster is such a big part of you. And sometimes you don't want to say it. And for me, podcasting was the easy thing for me to say to be seen, but coaching was harder for me to actually step into. So podcasting, I was like, oh yeah, I'm a podcaster. But when it came to be saying coach, I was high from it because that was more me. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's tough. You know, I think it's, we all have these different identities and these different masks that we wear, depending on what room I walk into. I'm like really proud of it. And I am, and I, I have a lot of like, you know, 
we all put people in boxes and it depends on like there are some rooms I walk into where I'm like, I'm a podcaster. I have let it out. I'm so proud of it. And there are other rooms where I'm like, you're, you do this and we don't, I got nothing, you know? And so weirdly it's like when someone does something that's so opposite from what I do, like works in a banker's like, and then I'm like, Oh, I'm a podcaster. You know, they're like, Oh, I don't think that's like weird and cool. But it's like when someone is also creative, but like in a different way or in a more successful way, I get a bit self-conscious about my way of doing it, you know? Well, I'm grateful for your way of doing it because like I said, it's the reason why we're here. So thank you. (laughs) On that note, my dear, I just want to thank you so much for coming in here and sharing all about creativity and for tapping into all of your many resources and uh, yeah, for creating your course because without it, we wouldn't be here right now. Oh, that's so nice. Well, that means so much. And I'm so grateful to have you in the course and so excited about your podcast and so grateful that you had me as a guest. It's really, really nice. And I'm so happy that I got to do this and chat with you. You did such a wonderful job. Thank you. So where can people find you? I'm at Katie Dello on Instagram and let it out has an Instagram. It's let it out with three T's. Um, and let it out with three T's.com is the site with the magazine. Um, and then let it out kits.com is where all the kits are. And, but I'm just going to Google away. You can find all of this stuff very easily. And we have a free journaling 101 kit. So it's a four day journaling workshop that people can do completely for free. So that's a really great way to start. And if people are new to the podcast, we have a archive page that has different topics and people can kind of choose where to dive in because it's such a robust archive and spiraling is my podcast with Serena, which we just started season two on. And I would love for people to listen to. Definitely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was great. There we go. That was this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed our conversation. All of Katie's info is going to be in our show notes. Definitely go check her out. And don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Samantha Roberto to see how this Grenadian adventure unfolds. Keep your fingers crossed that that coronavirus test that I did today comes back negative. And lastly, I just want to encourage you one last time, if you feel inspired to follow the creative path, if you feel inspired to try something new or to do something different, listen to that little voice within. Give it some space to cultivate and hear its messages. You don't have to worry about the big picture and where you're going, where it's going to lead you. You just have to focus on your next step. So, you know, the fact that you're here and you listened all the way to the end, it's showing me that you are somebody who wants to learn and grow and really carve your own path in this lifetime. So I really do encourage you to listen to those breadcrumbs and just be open because literally anything is possible. Two weeks ago, I had no clue that I would end up here, and yet here I am. (laughs) Life is crazy, you guys. Anyways, next week we have another incredible episode, so until then, keep being you, be beautiful.